So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media? Source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. What'd you have for uh, breakfast? Um, coffee, straight out of the Keurig. What's your favorite Keurig flavor? Um, you know, I've been doing the, uh, the Pete's French oh, yeah. roast. Okay. A little bit of sugar in the raw and a little bit of Ooh. almond milk, and I'm golden. Fellow auto detailers, welcome to the show that features interviews with today's most successful auto detailers. This is the Auto Detailing Podcast. Here's your host, Jimbo Balaam. With that, welcome to this episode of the Auto Detailing Podcast. I tricked you and we were recording all of that, what you had for breakfast. So thanks for that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, today's guest is Steven Erickson with Excel Auto Detailing and Coatings and Clear Bra in the Lompoc area of California. Steven, welcome to the show. It's about damn time. It's you know it's funny I'll I'll share this story uh, obviously Stephen you know this but we we talk often and we're having a uh, we're having a conversation and I'm like oh yeah I'd love to get you back on the podcast again or something along those lines and you're like uh, I've never been on the show and I was like come on that's a <laughs> lie you've we've had you on the show before and no nope, truth be told you've never been on the show even though we've had multiple conversations hung out together did a did an emblem removal together a long time ago. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm happy to have you on the show. But uh, enough about that. Why don't you, for people that don't know you as well as I know you, or at least as well as I think I know you, why don't you uh, give us a little bit of background on uh, you, your background into detailing and all that fun stuff? Sure. I mean, I'm sure there's probably a lot of people have never heard of me, maybe a handful that maybe have at one point. Um, kind of my background in detailing, it basically started out thanks to my grandpa who was pretty much raised by, uh, he was pretty old school. He introduced me. I mean, we're talking, I was, I was young, just old enough to start being a little slave around the house. So he had me pushing lawnmower, waxing his cabinets, you know, he had nice oak cabinets or whatever, but he always had semi nice cars and he introduced me to obviously washing cars, taking care of them. His go-to product was Meguiar's, of course. So I would always use Meguiar's cleaner wax by hand. Um, kind of how I got started. Started um, doing some of his friends' cars, you know, older folks that he knew. And uh, it was just a way for me to make a little bit of money on the side, um, even as a kid. And then... Uh, you know, I started doing all his friends' cars and then my friends' cars, the neighbors' cars. And it was always just something that I kind of just did for extra money. I never really made a lot of money doing it. It was more of just like, sure, I could help you out, make your car shiny. Um, it wasn't until probably like 2014, um, I was working for the local school district 
as just like a delivery driver doing a lot of random things, delivering a lot of random things. And I was going to one of the local community colleges uh, for administration of justice. And I was convinced that I wanted to be a canine officer, a canine deputy. So I, at the time, had a cool German shepherd that was trained. And so I thought it'd be really, really bitchin' to be canine deputy. Um, so I was going through college courses, you know, just barely sneaking by, paying bills. Um, and a friend of mine was like, you know, if you sold that truck that you're kind of getting tired of, you could probably use some of that money um, in, for savings, but you could also probably start a business of some sort, you know, a little side hustle. So I did that. I sold the truck, put some money away, um, and I started a detailing business probably for like $2,000. I was pretty much set up with like a little little trailer that I pulled around with another truck that I had. Why? Real quick, um, let me jump in. Sorry to interrupt, but why, why a detailing business? Was it because when you were doing it with your grandpa, you enjoyed it and you just thought, eh, why not? You know, or did you like... Did the did the idea of starting your own business or having your own business did that thought ever exist or were you kind of solely set on being this canine deputy? I was pretty convinced that it'd be rad to be a deputy, um, but I decided to start the detailing business anyways. You know, kind of like a side hustle, right? It was kind of terrifying the idea of starting a business without doing it legitimately. Mm. Um, but I just went for it anyways. You know, the best way to do things is just, you know, you got to kind of dive in at one point because you could spend forever getting ready for anything. Agreed. Um, but the person that I recommended I start a business was a neighbor and a friend who I've actually detailed a couple vehicles for. And so he was obviously impressed enough that, um, that he would recommend that I start a business. And, and car care and washing and waxing vehicles. So it started out pretty simple. I quickly um, fell victim to a lot of marketing hype, product hype. Um, I won't say any names. I'll try my best not to say any product you, manufacturer names. You can. You can call people out or, or not even call them out. But, I mean, I don't care. It, it, unless, so like, unless you don't feel comfortable personally. But I don't mind name dropping in. And stuff like that. I might drop some names um, of people or products at one point. There you go. But it's not going to no be worries. my intention. But no, like, no pressure. Um, so I quickly started um, becoming ultra familiar with YouTube and who the um, car detailing industry influencers are that are on YouTube. What year is this? What year are we talking? Uh, it's probably like 2015. Okay. Um, and so I have to think a lot of those guys, whether we get along with them or not, you know, um, I just try to form my own opinions with people instead of hundred percent, um, jump, jumping on the bandwagon or whatnot, basing your opinion off somebody from their reputation or whatever. But I watched basically anybody and everybody that was making detailing related videos on YouTube. And that's where I learned a lot of tricks. I mean, uh, Kevin Brown, actually, like I talk with this guy quite frequently and 
funny. I never thought I'd ever meet him, but we just kind of happened to live nearby each other. And so I've learned a lot of tricks from his past videos on YouTube. And I still learn a lot from him from this day as far as like the paint correction and uh, damp sanding aspect goes. So, you know, I just started um, hitting up all these YouTube videos and I thought I needed a million different products, you know, how that goes. Um, and I just wanted to get really good. I just wanted to be the best that I could possibly be without, you know, necessarily going into debt or anything like that. Um, fast forward, you know, a few years, um, I'm doing a lot bigger ticket items like some lots of all-in-one type paint correction processes you know i wasn't selling them as high-end paint corrections but we were using mostly all-in-one creams and paint sealants and getting so, great so, results at a really affordable cost so i want to i want to jump in for a second because i think you you potentially missed some some gold there that um is easy to gloss over so you go from this idea of of wanting to or getting the idea from a friend that to start this business to doing high ticket items what that gap in between that what did you do um what did you do like after you're like okay i'm going to start a detailing business you're watching these youtube videos from a from a new business owner with i'm assuming no no past history of owning a business right no you know how the business how operated one so what were some things that you did that either worked or didn't work in the beginning to, or, or did it just happen to be where you lived and how it worked out that it was, it just happened. But what was that like to go from this idea and working a normal job and having a set uh, career path that's completely different to like getting the first initial clients and then elevating up to, you know, these higher ticket items. What, what were some some things that you did in that time frame, or did it just come was it just word of mouth and it was like that one friend that had the idea was like okay steven started his detailing business and then he knew a bunch of people and it just kind of started rolling in or like how did that work transitioning out of that job stuff like that well um you know when i first started the business even in like 2015 i'm pretty sure at that point i'd still worked for somebody, but it got to the point where I was too busy with my business to go to work for anybody else. And even when I wasn't being a technician, there was things that I needed to work on in my business to keep a handle on things. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of it was word of mouth in the beginning. Um, I thought at one point too, I guess I'll bring this up now since we're kind of rewinding a bit, but um, at one point I thought I had a pretty good opportunity to work in the oil and gas industry in Texas because I have a lot of different skill sets. So I went to Texas and I tried that opportunity and I went through the probationary period and then, um, you know, while working there, I realized that that wasn't the opportunity that I thought it was. Um, and I guess I'll drop a name of a company real quick that kind of changed my mind about things. But I was in Houston, Texas, um, you know, working for this company in the oil and gas industry, you know, always oily, always dirty, you know, welding, grinding, fabricating, wrenching, all that good stuff. Wasn't really working out. And I decided to take a 
take a weekend and go try to visit some local detailing facilities that I thought, you know, I looked for the ones that had good reviews. I found this company in Houston called Vive. Um, I'm not, I think they've changed their names a few times since, but I know that it's like V-I-V-E, probably like auto detailing or car care or something like that now. But I went and talked to the owner of that place and he was like, man, I can't believe he came to Texas. <laughs> when you had a detailing business in California, I was like, yeah, I know. So mm. he kind of talked me into going back to California and giving it, giving it another shot and just hitting it hard. And first thing I did when I got back to California was pay somebody who built uh, WordPress websites. I paid like 1200 bucks for this guy to get started on a website, you know, make it functional with some search engine optimization. And then I also requested that he kind of teach me a few things so that I could maintain it and make changes as needed. Um, so I did that. Um, the website is autodetailingexcellence.com. Um, kind of chose that URL because kind of works along with some of my taglines. Um, since my business is called Excel Auto Detailing, Ceramic Coating, and Clear Bra now, um, I wanted to integrate Excel somewhere. So. I just said, you know, one of my taglines is the difference is excellence. Um, so I chose autodetailingexcellence.com for the URL and have made a lot of changes. It's still one of those ongoing um, processes of dialing it in, tweaking the search engine optimization and marketing tactics and stuff like that. Um, but that's kind of one of those golden things that I've done in the transition period where your business is growing up and you're starting to get bigger ticket items and offer different services. And, and you've continued to do that, right? And, and evolve and, and do things. And that's why your, your company name has kind of shifted over the past year or so, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what, what another, um, Another yeah, big thing I did, and this is a plug-in for you potentially, another big thing that I did at one point, you know, growing my business and evolving, I reached out to you for whatever reason. We kind of got to know each other a little bit. Um, and then you mentioned um, the Detailers Marketing Bootcamp, and I jumped on that. And if any of you are listening and went through it, you know what I mean. It was very helpful. Um, if you haven't gone through it, you should or go through something like it because um, basically what I learned at the Detailers Marketing Bootcamp was that I probably enjoy marketing and sales of my business now than I do actually the technical work. So I have a lot of fun and I enjoy every bit of time that I spend marketing and selling in my business to get more customers, which I think is a really crucial aspect of owning a business. Isn't that interesting? And we've had a lot of those conversations about SEO and stuff like that in the past, but it's almost, you know, we get lured into this industry because we like cleaning cars, right? But I think mm -hmm. where it, I think it, for a lot of people, it stops there of like, well, I just like cleaning cars. And so like, you know, that's good enough for me. But the problem is, is that that gets super old after years of doing it, right? And so mm -hmm. this 
and uh, years of stagnant. Uh, I was going to say stagnantly. I don't think that's a word, but not really any growth, right? And just kind of the day in day out monotony of car cleaning, which it can, it does get to, you know. And so the mm-hmm. the marketing aspect of things really helps, in my opinion, kind of rejuvenate that love for car cleaning through marketing because you get to try different techniques and different different things to get different clientele to clean their car. Right. And I, I do think it's, mm-hmm. it's becoming a little bit more prevalent, but has really been a, a, a really underserved side of the detailing industry for a long time is the business aspect of it. Right. We've had this hyper focus mm-hmm. on the, the techniques of detailing, which is crucial, but it's, it really is only one aspect of it. Right. And the other aspect is actually mm-hmm. running a business. So, and, and you've, done a really good job I think in elevating uh your business and and continually trying to uh understand these marketing techniques but also evolve your business into something bigger you know and I think you've done that most recently mm-hmm. in in doing some clear bra training right mhm so what was what was the decision process in like what was the decision process in that to to start integrating clear bra or wanting to integrate clear bra was it in a move to get away from detailing was it in a move to just add additional services did you have customers asking for it like what was because i know you actually went back to texas right which is kind of ironic um Mm -hmm. uh, but went back for some training there but what was that what was kind of the thought process behind going and doing that because i know a lot of guys um are, are interested if they're not already incorporating it into their business, um, they're interested in it. And I've even seen a lot of guys that were only detailing. Um, and now I see their shop is like, it's like clear bra, vinyl, window tint. Oh yeah. And sometimes we do car detailing too. Yeah. Well, I want to circle back real quick and touch on the SEO and marketing stuff real quick. Cause anybody listening, that's not doing that. Um, I think, you know, when you're figuring out, marketing and coming up with sales strategies and maybe you're dabbling with some seo too it's like a huge confidence booster i think because you're basically when it when it comes to your marketing um you're basically studying yourself and your local market and you really start to figure out who you are you gain a lot of confidence so like when you're always working on your marketing and seo and sales tactics you gain a lot of confidence, I feel like. So it's a lot easier for you to name your price after you've been studying yourself and your local market and everything. At least that was the experience that I had. Explain. I think that's um, really interesting, and I've never heard you say that before. Can you explain that? I think you're right, but can you explain that out a little bit more? Because I like that point. Well, if you're marketing your business, and you're trying to find ways, you know, your unique value proposition um, and what you offer and why it's better. I mean, you're in your mind, you're, you're coming up with all these reasons why, why you, why your business, why your services, why your products. And then a customer um, contacts you. I mean, it just seems to go so smooth when you know why every aspect of your business, you know, mm. Um, you basically studied yourself like you 
you just brought a lot of value to the customer because you know everything about your business inside and out. It, it becomes second know, nature just... to, to know. No, I think it's a great point because you really understand the value that you bring to the table. Yeah. I mean, if somebody else is doing your marketing, that's, that's fabulous, but you should definitely be involved in it too. So, you know, you know what they're pushing. Um, I don't know. I think it's a really good idea to be a part of your marketing tactics. Agreed. Um, that way it just doesn't get out of control. But going back to why I decided to really ramp up things and offer ceramic coatings and paint protection film, that's because I feel like waxes and sealants just suck. Sure, they've gotten really mm. good. They've gotten a lot better, but um, they there's sealant manufacturers that say that they last a year, um, but I've never seen a sealant last year or offer the amount of durable protection I want. So that I want or that I want for my customers. So I just decided to set things up and push more of the ceramic coatings and paint protection film because that's as good as it gets as far as I know. And I'm in the business of protecting some really nice vehicles. Not always, you know, we don't do exotics or anything like that on a regular basis, but we do a lot of, you know, nice vehicles, even, you know, a Toyota 4Runner these days is like an expensive vehicle. Um, 40 grand easy at least. Yeah. So, I mean, if the customer values what they have, we'll, we'll pretty much uh, paint correct and coat and clear bra, anything, you know, as long as they like their vehicle, we'll, we'll go ahead and do that for them. Um, but that's kind of why I decided to keep stepping things up and I've gotten to where I'm at now with being Excel auto detailing, ceramic coating and clear bra. Um, <laughs> Cause we just want to offer the best forms of protection for people. Gotcha. So you're part of your, which in turn adds another, uh, value, right. To your service. Mm -hmm. Love that. So, um, and you decided to go out and get training for that. How did that training go? What did that look like? And then coming home from that training, um, what kind of are your takeaways? Would you suggest other detailers that are thinking about that? Like is as the, um, as the kind of coding front, I think gets more saturated and is going to transition into more of a maintenance, uh, where the maintenance is going to be more profitable than the coding installation itself. Would you suggest, and, and maybe this was part of your thought process, maybe it wasn't, but like, you know, the clear bra front is kind of the next frontier after coatings kind of fizzle out a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's tough to say what exactly is going to happen with these products. I think that ceramic coatings are definitely improving and clear bra is too. Um, the tricky part is getting it to the point where they're so simple to apply that you'll be able to offer them at a more cost-effective rate. Like paint protection film was is, isn't easy to apply. I mean, once you get the hang of it, sure, once you've done a lot of installs, but initially going into it, it's pretty frustrating. Um, I went through the Ceramic Pro training in San Diego at uh, Five Point Auto Spa, and that 
that was pretty easy because I'd already done some ceramic coating installations. So that was kind of a no brainer. I was more interested in learning how the shop itself operates because I like efficiency and profitability, of course. So I was interested in how they do things there. But um, when I went to um, San Antonio, Texas to the Expel training facility, which I recommend the trainer, uh, Ryan Hanna, I believe his name is, was like, you guys are going to go back to your hotels and you're going to have nightmares about installing film. You're just going to be so anxious to learn and you're going to be under so much pressure to pass this course in, in three or four days that it's just going to be sort of overwhelming if you never had any previous experience. Sure enough, like I'm pretty sure I had dreams about installing paint protection film every single night that I was there. And I definitely didn't come natural to me. I don't think it comes natural to a lot of people unless they've had some sort of film experience. All wraps or tents or some PPF experience, but that could be why, circling back to your point earlier about how many shops transition from detailing to just ceramic coatings and clear bra, um, that could be why shops tend to focus on paint protection film and ceramic coatings a lot too, because those two particular services require a lot of attention. Um, obviously, they're a lot more profitable and a little bit less work, but um, you know, to be good at installing paint protection film, you have to do it a lot. So you may decide, like I've decided, okay, I don't want to detail nearly as much right now. I want to focus on clear bra and I want to focus on ceramic coatings. So that's kind of where I'm headed right now. And so what do you do with your, with your regulars? Or, or, or with your, are you still doing your regular detailing clients and just not really taking on new clients? Or are you scaling back even on your existing clients to take more time with the clear bra? Or what does that look like from a practical standpoint? I used to offer excellent uh, maintenance services. It was basically a routine maintenance service every month. And, you know, we didn't make our the hourly rate that we usually want to and we're detailing, but it was still very, very fair and a, um, a good profitable service, but not ideal, not something I wanted to continue doing myself. Um, but we basically have had to slowly uh, weed out our maintenance services. You know, we just stopped offering it, but we're still taking care of some of our regular clients that have cars that they really truly care about um, and then some of our lower end services like we've offered sport details for a long time which are kind of simple wash clay wax type services trying to avoid doing those unless it's a pre-sale detail because that tells me that this person is private party selling a vehicle or trading it in. So that's an opportunity to get their new vehicle in for a new vehicle preservation service, which would in include generally ceramic coating and or paint protection film on the front. Love front that end. idea. Love that idea. So, you know, we will still do like a pre-sale detail um, with that in mind. 
with getting that new vehicle in for a preservation service. But um, we've come up with like a completely different menu of different service options. So there's been some pretty drastic changes in the types of services we offer. So do you, do you see then your business kind of transitioning out of, well, I guess you already are with the, the transition and kind of the name change a little bit, but you see a, you see a path to fully transitioning out of like interior detailing and stuff like that and strictly focusing on uh, just clear, even just clear bra and clear film and kind of eventually getting completely out of detailing or just kind of staying at that coding and, and clear bra. I definitely do now turn down some interior details. Um, you know, we've always charged a pretty heavy amount for all of our services, especially some interior detailing, but I don't know how other guys do it, but we take a long time to do an interior. It's not that we're inefficient. We're just um, very thorough, you know, so I'm not really doing your traditional car interior cleaning and detailing anymore. I'm I'm kind of thinking, it's funny you mention it, I'm kind of thinking about maybe taking some of my interior detailing things off my website unless it's a new vehicle preservation service and they won't want to do like an interior coating. But I'm not fully convinced on um getting rid of interior detailing altogether, but I'm spending time on. So do you see this happening? This is kind of happening to me right now. And it's kind of weird because of, you know, I've been doing this 10 years and I, I started out at a, from a place of having to, or like being desperate for work. And then now being kind of in a place where I'm not as desperate for work, which it kind of sounds like you're in that position as well. Do you see your business actually getting busier and the demand for your service getting more and then being able to even charge more of a premium for your services because you're like, weirdly enough, like don't, not that you don't want the work, but you, you just want a different type of work so that like, I don't know, it, it's like this weird thing happening with me and it kind of sounds like it may be happening with you too, or maybe it always has been that way for you. But it seems like the less I want the work, the more of it I get, but then the more I could charge of it. And I've never been in that position before, so it's extremely awkward for me. But is that same thing happening to you as you cut down on the amount of services you offer? Do you actually see the demand for your business growing? Yeah. I mean, not to be snobby about what we work on or anything. Right. But like, not to be a dick you, <laughs> straight up. Like yeah. not to be an ass. I would have killed to be in this position. And that's why I think I struggle with it uh, so much, you know, because I remember. I the, don't think it's like a, I don't think it's like a snobby thing or like us being dicks or any of us being dicks about turning down certain jobs. But I think it's, it's because we all have our eye on the prize. Like, you know, we all want to get better at a certain type of service. And if we're stuck doing services that we don't necessarily want to do, 100%. then it's going to take us longer to become experts at that one thing. And for me, that's mm. like paint protection film and ceramic coating. So like, I can't wait for the first full paint protection film wrap. 
mm. on a car. You know, that's a big, big, big ticket thing. And I don't want it to be mediocre. I want it to be as good as I could possibly make it. So right. if I'm stuck doing a bunch of interior details on PT cruisers or minivans or whatever it is, totally. Like, and I, and I think you know, I like, think one one thing that a lot of people struggle with with that is the opportunity cost, right? And I was trying to tell actually my dad about this one time is you know if I'm stuck doing that PT cruiser, I can't do a podcast, I can't do a video, I can't do all these other things. So yeah, the cash may be great right now, right? That that few hundred dollars for the the interior detailer on the PT cruiser, uh, interior detail on the PT cruiser, but how much money am I actually losing out on in opportunity cost by not honing in your case, your skill for clear bra, right? You may actually be yeah. losing a thousands of dollars by taking on that job, you know, and it's kind of a weird, mm-hmm. not a weird, but a different way of thinking, but it, it actually makes total sense when you start thinking about it, you know? Well, also, um, if you're a business owner and a technician and you don't have any help answering the phones or doing sales or anything like that, and you're doing an interior on something you don't necessarily want to be working on and you get a call Mm. and you decide to put your headset in, take the call, you have to transition really quickly into sales mode. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think we all can agree that you know, we've probably not been in the best mood when we answered a phone call at one point or in the right mood to sell yourself on a coating or paint protection film. So it's like, you know, you got to figure out, you got to come up with a pretty good balance and everything. And for me at this point, I would rather spend more time answering the phone in the mindset that I need to be in to sell paint protection film jobs and coding jobs than slaving away on a minivan interior. hundred percent. Is there anything else you want to add to this conversation, Steven? Or do you think we, we yeah. hit it pretty good? Let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, do minivan interiors. When you're starting out, <laughs> if you can get good I'm glad at you said that. <laughs> detailing the interior of a minivan, I mean, you can detail the interior of anything. And I feel like that's where you can learn. You you start to you mentioned earlier how you learned a lot of tips and tricks for for from YouTube. I think is, alongside of that, you know, when you have a thrash minivan, you're almost forced into trying some unconventional things to make it go quicker and and come out better. And so, I I, I know because I, I cut my teeth on that kind of stuff, right? So I remember. Like, oh, let me just try this. I mean, I'm not going to make it any worse than it already is. I might as well try this. You know, your your margin for error can be a little bit greater too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll say on behalf of a lot of people, um, don't be afraid to necessarily have hacks. Just because you have hacks doesn't mean you are a hack. You'd be surprised how many of the high-end business owners and technicians that I've talked to that all have hacks. And sometimes, you know, you just have to be adaptable in different situations. And so, you know, I mean, those guys that are really OCD about how they, they have, they have to follow the system. I mean, oh, that's gotta be rough. Yeah. I mean, cause you know, we all want to make our, 
that hourly rate that's in the back of our head. Right. You know, it's either pay ourselves, pay the business, pay your staff, whatnot. I mean, you should definitely have a way of uh, dumbing things down a bit so that you could still get good results in a reasonable amount of time. Agreed. What else you got? I would say um, I want to shout out. I want to give a shout out to probably a couple people, but one guy I've been meaning to give a shout out to is Kevin Davis with uh, the Detailer's Helper Belt. Mm. Um, I know. I came across his. Yeah, that guy's (laughs) cool, right? I don't see him in videos much anymore. I I think he has a uh, standing record on this podcast for being the guest with the most, the most appearances. He he's even wiggled his way in. Like last year at um, last year at SEMA, he wiggled his way into the interview in the Roops, the Roops, uh, the Roops booth just to uh, just to get on the show one more time. Only teasing. Yeah. (laughs) No, he's a great guy. Well, I want to give a shout out to him because actually the detailer's helper belt is pretty bitching. Um, it may be uncomfortable for some people to wear in the beginning, but I like to be effective and efficient and having things, um, on my side in a lot of situations is really helpful and just, it takes the frustration out a lot. Um, and then in some of his older YouTube videos, he made some recommendations on books and I'm a big fan of audibles. You know, if I have to be a technician and I'm, going to be working on something i'm probably going to have my headset in and i'm going to be listening to an audible and um kevin davis recommended the book profit first yeah by mike mccallowicz or something like that and that's been a pretty good book and you know i've read a lot or listened to a lot of other books and um i don't really play favorites i just take the information that i find um, interesting and helpful to my life. And I just apply bits and pieces from everybody's different, um, strategies. Um, so that one, I remember listening to profit first one time working on a Jeep and I had heard something that was really important and figured out I was doing things a bit wrong with my business budgets and stuff like that and i literally wanted to stop what i was doing go throw up pack up my stuff and just go home and think about everything because it was like a big kick in the stomach you know it's like ugh. Mm. so i don't know i mean if you guys are listening to music while you detail that's that's awesome i do that from time to time um but you know if you're working you got your headset in you Mm. might as well get some uh get some information from some of these experts that have written books. It's crazy. I was, uh, I was talking with this guy who was complaining to me. He runs a business and he was complaining to me that he has no time to like read audiobooks or listen to podcasts and stuff like that. Cause he's so busy. Right. And I was like, that's cool. What you, uh, and I was just talking to him. I'm like, what? So I knew he drove from like his house to this place where we had met at, and I'm like, so what'd you do on the way over here from your house? It was about 20, 25 minute drive from his house. He goes, oh, I just listen to music. I'm like, you realize, <laughs> granted, I, I know you don't have to work or, or be consuming like content every second of every day, but it's like, you realize that if 
even if you did that drive once a week, that's almost an hour that you could be listening to like something to help you with your business. You know what I mean? Or life in general, really. And he's like, yeah, uh, but, but, but I like music or he didn't really get it, you know? And I'm like that, like how we're always driving somewhere, right? It's like automobile university. Mm -hmm. Just, just, you don't have to do it every time. And sometimes it can, it can be too much where you just do want to listen to music. But, but I think we underestimate how much lag time we actually have in a given day, you know, and we cover it with like, I'm too too busy. Yeah. If you're driving with your girlfriend or wife or, or whoever, and you want to get some content, I mean, play something that you, you think that the both of you will like, you know, if, if you have to. Totally. I mean, my girlfriend hates audible books and, <laughs> and all that stuff. Right, right, like, right. I don't know. Like, there's some good stuff in here, babe. <laughs> you should try listening to this. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. Or we could just listen to the auto detailing podcast. Hey, Jim I mean, Bailey. that's the best idea, right? I'm mean, just saying. <laughs> I've never heard a better idea. I even, uh, <laughs> I even, I even put my uh, Jimbo Balam hat on for this podcast. For this podcast, know? and I didn't even do, I didn't even do a video. Yeah. But you probably had better thoughts because of that hat. So just saying. Yeah, I had my thinking cap on. <laughs> right on. If people want to uh, get a hold of you, how can they? How can they do that? Or would you just prefer they uh, go to, go to your website? Or I heard you want a bunch of random friend requests on Facebook, so we can make that happen if you want. <laughs> um, I wouldn't go to my website. I mean, there's nothing really that good on there for you know detailers. It's mostly for consumers or potential customers, but. Um, you know, like I have an Instagram page. It's my personal one. That one would be probably pretty cool to follow me on. Um, it's uh, it's called like Speed Scholar. I think it's Speed underscore Scholar. It's uh, the name because I ride mountain bikes. I surf, skate. Um, I have a Mustang that I like to slide around and have fun in. That's going to be probably one of the better ways to follow me and connect with me. Um, other than that, like my personal Facebook page, uh, probably wouldn't be that appropriate, but hit me up on Instagram, speed underscore scholar. That'd be cool. Um, and if you have any questions about business related things or products or anything, you can email me at Steve, S T E V E at auto detailing excellence.com. And I'll do my best to reply and answer any questions you may have. Awesome, man. I appreciate you uh, finally coming on the show. (laughs) My pleasure.